man knew the shepherd. And when you know the shepherd, it makes difference. You get to read this psalm, it'll do something for your heart when you know the shepherd. We'll read the entire psalm again tonight. We're going to deal with verse 3, but we'll read the entire psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray together. Father, we ask, Lord, in Jesus' name, God, that you'd help us as we endeavor to preach your word in these days. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help the hearers tonight to receive the word of God. I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would have free right of way. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd do a work in our midst of eternal value. And we'll thank you and praise you for all that's accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'll talk to you just a little bit tonight. Uh, here out of the third verse, of course, we looked at that first, uh, uh, well, I got the sixth verse up. Uh, we looked at that first clause uh, last week, he restoreth my soul. And I talked to you a little bit about the shepherd's passion. The shepherd is passionate about restoring the sheep. And I say, thank God, I'm glad that he is. As a matter of fact, I was reading a little bit today on that restoration ministry, and I almost decided to back up and hit it in another lick or two, uh, because, you know, when you think about how he restored Peter and uh, others that are in the scriptures, and set them aright again, I'm glad that he's in that business. Aren't you glad that you don't mess up one time and then done with God? I know you've heard the preachers preach that he's a God of second chances, but he's a God of third and fourth and fifth and 25th and 55th chances, amen. And I sure am glad for that. But I want us to notice this next clause tonight. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I'll preach a little while tonight if the Lord will help us on the position of the shepherd. The position of the shepherd. His position is a position of leadership. This, this uh, psalm is not even three verses old. And already we've been told twice that he leads us. We found out in the uh, second verse that he um, leads us by the green pastures and by the still waters. And now not even ten uh, words later, the psalmist is telling about him leading us again. And as a matter of fact, in the next verse, the next verse is about him leading again. I got to thinking this afternoon, really this psalm could be entitled, He Leadeth Me. The, and I'm starting to believe that the key to being a good sheep is to get in behind the leadership of the shepherd. Don't you? Aren't you starting to get that idea? I believe that might be. I believe that might be the point. 
is that we get in behind the leadership of the shepherd. Now, the natural position of the shepherd is a position of going before the sheep. Sheep cannot be driven. We're going to deal with that a little bit tonight. You can't drive sheep. You can't herd sheep per se. But the shepherds lead sheep. Their position is naturally in the front. Can I say to you tonight that the position of our shepherd should naturally be out in front? Here at the Concord Baptist Church, it hadn't ought to ever be anybody's opinion or what's that. Oh, no. It ought to be Jesus out in the lead. And all of us doing our very best to follow him. That's what it should be. So I want us to look just a little bit tonight at uh, how that he leadeth us. Now, first, I want us to talk a little tonight about the willingness of the sheep. Now, you can't lead a sheep that's not willing to be led. And sometimes there can be stubborn sheep and sheep with their own ideas and sheep with their own ways. And you see a sheep's will has to be completely broken before it can be effectively led. And uh, we need in these days to be willing uh, participants that we might be led. Now, I thought a little bit and was studying today on the problem of sheep. Isaiah 53 and 6 says, All we like sheep have turned, uh, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And I believe that you'll agree with me tonight that sometimes we're everyone hard headed, make up our own mind, get our own ideals, and sometimes get kicked out and are not following the shepherd the way that we should. How many of you would agree with me tonight? that when we kick out and we're not following the shepherd the way that we should, that's when some of life's greatest mistakes are made, is when we're not effectively following our shepherd. So I want to talk to you about how to follow him. I want to talk to you about what it means to follow him. I'm going to give you some practical stuff tonight on how to know if you are following him. I mean, if it's this important, then we ought to be able to, to figure out whether or not we're following him. So I want us to look at those things tonight. Now the problem is, we've got our own ideas. Uh, I read one place where it said, there is often in the sheep a desire to rush ahead. Uh, the shepherd will be leading, they'll come out into a, uh, into a big glen, and that some of the sheep that are in the front will try to run ahead of the shepherd, try to rush ahead. They want to see what's over the little hill. They want to see if there's green grass over there so they can give them a mouthful or two. And there is this uh, desire uh, to run ahead often of the shepherd. And I'm going to tell you that often in my life, I've had an idea that I should rush ahead, do a little prospecting, figure out what's down the road. And you know what? I'm going to tell you that some of the most restless times in my life, times of worry, times of disappointment is when I spent today trying to look into tomorrow instead of just getting behind the shepherd and following him. You see, when you're all the time trying to figure out what's going to happen tomorrow, you're rushing ahead, rushing ahead of the shepherd, looking and prospecting and trying to figure things out. And that doesn't do anything but bring heartbreak, fretfulness and worry into our lives. Can I say tonight, and I'm preaching to myself as much as I am anybody else, 
What we need to do, learn to do is find our place behind the shepherd. Uh, thank God when he speeds up, we speed up. When he slows down, we slow down. Amen. He not only does he direct our path, but he controls our pace. Amen. And not rush ahead of him. People are all the time getting out ahead of the shepherd. So there's a problem with people uh, moving out ahead of the shepherd. But then there's a, not only a desire to rush, but sometimes the problem is sheep that linger behind. They get in a comfortable place. And the shepherd starts to move the flock, and instead of moving with the shepherd, they'll linger and they'll linger and graze, linger and graze. Sheep after sheep are filing out, falling in behind the shepherd, moving on to his path. And there's some that'll just uh, stay behind and graze, stay behind and graze. And then the first thing you know, the shepherd's way gone. And you know, those, those are the folks that get comfortable where they are spiritually. They never have any desire to move closer or to get any, any better. And so they just say, well, this is good right here. I'll just stay where I'm at, stay where I'm at. But I'm gonna tell you that the shepherd hardly ever stands still. You see, the life of the shepherd is a nomadic life. He's continually, Brother Marvin, moving the sheep. In your life, if you're standing still, you're backing up. You say, well, I've not got any better, but I've not got any worse. I've got news for you. If you didn't get any better, you got worse. Because if you're not going forward, you're backsliding. You see the Lord's moving, and he's all the time leading the sheep. So we see the desire to us. He's still lingering behind. And then there are those that would veer to the left or the right. These are the sheep that would see the shepherd and think, well, as long as we're heading in his general direction. In other words, if the shepherd's walking straight toward that wall, there'll be some sheep walk this way. And they'll say, well, we're we're headed toward the wall. Uh, Or they'll walk this way. Well, we're still headed in the general direction, see. We got the general idea. He's headed in that direction. We're, We're headed in that direction just a little bit different. This is veering off course a little. And those sheep that veer off course, eventually they're going to drop over a hill somewhere and completely lose sight of the shepherd. And so you see that all of us have the propensity to not follow. But that's not what I really want to preach about. I want to talk to us about how to follow. I want to learn how to follow the Lord, don't you? I mean, I want want to get in line. Follow the Lord. How do we do it? Well, let's talk about that. We see the problem of the sheep, but then we see the prospect of the shepherd. Nine verses have passed, and already the psalmist again takes up this thought of leading. Now, I want you to think about something. Nine words. I said nine verses, but nine words. Give me the preceding verse there in verse two, Rachel. I want to show you this. That's the, there, there you go. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. So there's that thought of leading. Then look at the very next verse. He's leading again in verse three. This time he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now notice what's missing. There's no mention. There's no mention of still water. There's no mention here of grassy fields. Just paths of righteousness. Now I want to submit to you tonight 
that sometimes the problem that we have, we nearly have no problem as long as he's leading by the still waters or if he's leading us to the green pastures. But when he leads through the rocky passes, when we have to climb the hillside, you see, we'll talk one night about the Lord preparing a table land. And in order to get to the table land, You've got to go through some rocky passes. Maybe the sea breeze blowing in your face. Maybe snow blowing. And we don't like to think about it and we don't like to talk about it. But listen to me tonight, church. Oftentimes the Lord will lead through the rocky passes of adversity in our lives. And it's the same shepherd that was leading us by the still waters. Somehow we got it in our mind from Joe Osteen and them TV boys that if we'll live for God, we'll never have no problems. And when a problem comes, we kick out the stobs and sit around and pout and cry and wonder what's wrong. But I'm gonna tell you, consider with me the life of the Apostle Paul, if you will. Stoned to death at Lystra on missionary journey. Stoned to death at Lystra. Beaten and left in prison down at Philippi. Run out of town in Thessalonica. Run out of town in Berea. Again and again and again, the Apostle Paul faced adversities everywhere he went. And yet everybody in here would agree with me tonight that God was leading the Apostle Paul. So if Paul had adversities, if Paul had troubles, don't think it's strange when our shepherd moves us out of some still waters and some grassy plains and we end up climbing some rocky mountains and rocky hills of adversity. Sometimes that's the way the shepherd leads. Nobody likes it. Nobody wants to volunteer for it. But everyone should realize it's coming. If you're going to follow the shepherd, there's going to be times you're going to run by a rushing torrent. There's going to be times you're going to climb up a mountainside. But I'm glad, thank God, a mountainside or a rushing torrent with the shepherd is better, amen, than being down at the barn with the devil. Hallelujah. I'm telling you this Hey, hey, the shepherd oftentimes will lead you through some rocky spots. Now watch this. David wrote psalm after psalm from the rocky paths of adversity. Let me give you one. Psalm 6. Oh Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, Lord. I'm weak. Oh Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is sore vexed, but thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. Save me for mercy's sake. You see the verses? He was a man that was broken. He was a man that God had led him through the pathways of adversity. But I'm gonna tell you, that oftentimes when you climb the pathways of adversity, some of the sweetest fellowship, amen, and some of the sweetest resting areas are at the top of the pathways of adversities. We see the prospect of the sheep, and then there's the peril of the sheep. The peril of the sheep is sheep can't stay in one pasture. I was reading it today, Brother Marvin, they say if sheep stay in one pasture, They'll graze it and then pick the roots up out of the ground and destroy the, destroy the pasture. And they'll walk in lines and rout out the pasture. And any shepherd worth his salt is continually repasturing his sheep. 
moving them so that they don't overgraze one plot of land. And it's the same way with our shepherd. He'll bring us into a place sometimes, church, and boy, it's good, and we're just grazing along. You know, we had revival back there a few, uh, back there a few months ago. Boy, what a beautiful table land. We got out in there just grazing, kicking up our heels and in the sunshine. But you see, not all the shepherd's paths are in the sunshine. Sometimes they lead through the valley of a shadow. Yeah. We'll eat on that a little while. But then all of a sudden, if it had been up to me, we'd just stay there forever, just eating and shouting and kicking up our heels. But all of a sudden, the shepherd said, time to go, flock. Time to go. And he's led us up through some little paths of adversity, nothing too major, but little paths of adversity turned us uphill a few times. And while the sheep are walking that path, there's probably times when Brother Neil, they go, where are we going? What's he doing? We was down there having a time, eating, eating real good. But you see the shepherd, boy, I'm trying not to get in another message here, but the shepherd's done spent time preparing another field. It's called the table lands. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. See, he's done been up there running out the snakes. I'm gonna preach that other message if I ain't careful. Running out the snakes and scaring off the, and now he comes down and gathers his little flocks. He said, now we're gonna have to go through a rocky pass here and y'all ain't gonna understand it. But see, I know what's ahead and it's gonna be good. Oh boy, hallelujah. You say, well, I'm facing a rocky path. I'm facing an adversarial path. Hey, just stay in behind the shepherd, honey. He knows what he's doing. So there's a way of shepherd. Now, how is it I can know that I am in, how is it that I can know that I am in the shepherd's way? See, that's a perplexing problem because the Bible tells us there's lots of spirits that call. So how can I know? Now, I want to say this right, and this is the meat of the message, so I want you to tune in right here if you ain't tuned in on nothing else. How can you know if you're following a shepherd? First, I want to say this. Unless you're sure you're following him, just don't go nowhere. Wait on him. You say, now, preacher, you just said for us not to stand still. No, I said when he's moving and you know, you better go. But if you don't know which way he's going, wait on him. Wait on him. Because the worst thing that you can do is make up your mind which way to go and then be in a mess because you went the wrong way. Uh, I heard a preacher preach years ago on what to do when you don't know what to do. And basically what he said was just do nothing. Pray and wait on the Lord. Pray and wait on the Lord. Because that ain't doing nothing, but pray and wait on the Lord. So before you take off running in a direction, you'd better make sure. I know there's people tonight that are out of church. Look me in the eyeballs and said, oh, we're, we're following the Lord. This is the Lord's will. And I told them. In my office, I said, look, if you're right in about a month, you'll be in a, in a church and enjoying yourself and getting fed for your soul. But if you're wrong, you'll be completely out of church in a month. And I know I can name you people right now out of church because they were following their own desires, see. How do I know that I'm following? Well, the first thing is you should look for some scriptural, some scriptural principle on the way that you're headed. 
I cannot overvalue, when it comes to following the shepherd, I cannot overvalue that book. You've got, hey, you've got to have a scriptural principle for the way you're going. The Lord never leads, maybe get an amen all over the house, contrary to this book. I've heard people say, well, the Lord told me, and then they go and do something contrary to that book. That ain't it, honey. That ain't it. Uh, if, If the Lord leads you to do that, it'll line up with that book. So the first thing beyond all else is that you're, that you're in agreement with scriptural principles. But how can you know? Well, here's a few ways. Throughout life, these are life experiences that I've written down. Throughout life, at times, I've found the, I've found the shepherd from the counsel of a godly friend. There have been times I didn't know what to do and I'd call up a preacher friend. I'd call up Brother Billy or I'd call up some other preacher, Brother David, some other preacher. And I'd say, let me run something by you right here. It don't have to be a preacher, any godly friend. Now don't be getting counsel from ungodly friends, but godly friends. And I'd, run, I'd say, let me run something by you and tell me what you think. It's untelling the times that I caught a glimpse of the shepherd while getting godly counsel. Seeing the multitude of counselors is much wisdom. And so everybody I can bring in, listen to me now, Noah, everybody I can bring in that's wise. And I ain't talking about that, I ain't talking about wise crackers that live, that's up there at the, uh, at the fire department. I'm talking about wise men, bringing them wise men. Everybody I can bring into my circle that's wise, I'm better off. So a lot of times I can find the shepherd's leading by allowing a set of fresh eyes to look at it. Have you ever thought about this? I'm the world's worst. Uh, Steve's going to amen right here. For a while, I employed Steve as a driver. And the only reason he took me to revival meetings was so he could pick up my coat and pick up my car keys and pick up my Bible. And I didn't leave them everywhere I went because I'm the world's worst. Lay stuff down. I go to work on stuff. I'm laying wrenches down. I'm laying sockets down. Spend more time looking for my wrenches in my sockets than I do anything else. But sometimes I can't find something. (laughs) I know that's hard to believe. The other night I was looking for Ritz crackers. And I'm telling you something, at night, this right here will help you find the Lord too. Ritz crackers with peanut butter on them and a big glass of cold milk. That'll help. That'll help you right there. And I was in there and I said, we ain't got no Ritz crackers. Rush said, there's a brand new box. Third shelf up. I said, I'm looking straight at the third shelf. It ain't in there. She said, I'll have to come in there and show you where them Ritz crackers are. I said, I reckon you are. Because they ain't in here. Well, you know what she did? She walked in there and said, right there they are. Right there they are. And so I said, okay, there they are. You're right. <laughs> but sometimes when you bring somebody in with the fresh eyes, they'll see something you missed, see something you didn't see. Same's true in life. If you're facing a big decision, call and ask somebody about it. Give some godly counsel. Uh, they, they may see something or uh, figure something out about it you didn't know. And so that's, that's one way over the years many times that I have found the shepherd's leading in my life. Another way is uh, uh, through, the, uh, through the Lord speaking to me during a message. I mean, some preacher will get up and he'll preach and it seems like he's just preaching to me and God's doing something in my heart and God's stirring my heart. Boy, I'm going to tell you something. The, one of the best times, listen to me now, 
Well, the best times for you to make a decision about which way to go in life is during a Holy Ghost filled service. I've never went wrong. I've never went wrong getting out and laying out on an altar during a Holy Ghost filled service and make. I'm telling you, there's been a few times I've had a, I've had big decisions to make, and I'd get in where the Holy Ghost is stirring, and I'd go bust the altar, and I wasn't repenting. I was asking the Lord what to do and, and trying to figure some things out because one of the best times to make decisions is when the Holy Ghost of God is doing something in a service. Sometimes he'll use a preacher. Sometimes he'll use a Sunday school teacher. Sometimes uh, it'll be a verse of Scripture that'll suddenly pop to your mind that'll allow you to know which way to go. Other times it's just the moving or prompting of the Holy Spirit in your heart. You can't explain it, but you just know which way to go. But all of those things working together should put us on the right path. And that is, thank God, the path of righteousness. The desire of the shepherd, listen to me tonight. The desire of the shepherd is not for you to be in the dark about what to do. He didn't go play hide and seek behind a rock somewhere and say, hey, find me if you can, ha, ha, ha. No, he wants his sheep to follow him. It's the reason he gave us a Bible, the reason he empowered the church with the Holy Spirit, the reason he gave us godly friends. He wants us to know the way he's going and he wants to lead us. He wants to take us and we've got to get in line if we're ever gonna do anything for the Lord. The way of the shepherd. There's the pressures of the way. Maybe you say, all of the Lord's paths for me have not been right. Look at this, look at this verse. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. F.B. Meyer said, what can we say about that word righteousness except that, they, that it's right paths? <laughs> the Lord's path's the right path. You say, I don't know, preacher. I, I've been down paths in my life and felt like the Lord brought me to places and it just did not seem right. I was listening uh, today while I was at the gym. I was listening to Mike Bagwell uh, teach on this verse. When I get my outline done, I always like to just gather whatever sources I can just before preaching time, just pack all of it in my mind I can pack in and then maybe uh, we'll pop it open and everything will come out and make some kind of sense. But when Brother Mike was going through this third verse, the week before that, his son had unexpectedly died. And Brother Mike said, he said, if I'd had to chose, he said, I wouldn't have chosen the path of my son dying. But he said, nevertheless, it's the right path. He said, I don't understand it and I can't figure it out, but I know God knows more about it than I do. And he said, the only thing that's keeping me sane is believing it's the right path because he ain't never done anything wrong. His paths are paths of righteousness. And you say, preacher, I've become perplexed by the way. The mysteries, the despair and difficulties. What well, can I encourage you with a verse? The Bible said in the 103rd Psalm, for he knoweth our frame and he remembereth that we're but dust. Yeah. Oh, when I'm climbing, the, I'm about to shout. I'm climbing the rocky mountainsides when it seems like I can't go on and nothing seems to make sense and it feels like I've almost had enough right at those times, Brother Neil, uh, 
the shepherd will come and begin the fellowship with us uh, and begin to cause us to lie down uh, and encourage us and have a little rest for the journey. Uh, he knows what we can take. Uh, he knows how far we can go. Uh, and he knows my frame. Uh, and he considers that I'm dust. Thank uh, God. Uh, I'm glad he does. There's the pressures of the way. There's the peace in the way. You know, there's just something about knowing you did it the right way. Something about knowing you did the right thing. And you know, uh, I was aggravated the last two days of been in court and it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. And I sent Rachel a text message on the way up here to study at about 12 o'clock. And I said, I said, I feel like such a loser. And I, you know me, I don't like to lose. And here's what she sent back. She didn't know how much it meant to me. She said, you did the right thing. You know, really, if you're doing the right thing, you ain't never a loser. When you decide, when you do the right thing, the right thing's the right thing. Whether, hey, whether, uh, whether you gain the accolades or whether you get the rewards, there's a, there, there's a peace that comes with knowing you just did the right thing. There's a peace in this righteous path that doesn't exist in the other path. You see, there's a broad path that leads to destruction, but in it, it's full of anger and it's full of jealousy and it's full of hate. But I'm glad, thank God, on the narrow path of righteousness. Oh, walking with the shepherd. Somebody's about to get in on it. Walking with the shepherd. I'm glad, thank God, there's a peace that passeth all understanding. When you get in behind the shepherd. It's the way of the shepherd. The way of the shepherd. But then let me give you this right here and I'm going to be done. Look at the wonder of his name. Why does he do it? He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now I asked uh, Brother Logan Buchanan. He's got sheep. I sent him a text message today and asked what I knew was a stupid question. But I wanted to hear it from a shepherd's mouth. I said, ask you something. I said, Does, do shepherds ever brand their sheep? I knew they didn't. Uh, I, because I was thinking, you, how could you brand a sheep with wool? All, that, that just didn't make no sense to me. He said, no. And I thought to myself, you know, the sheep aren't known by branding. They're known by association. Right. Mm-hmm. He said, my sheep? He said, I lead them in the paths of righteousness, the right paths. I lead them in the right path." For my name's sake. Now let me show you something about what everything God does. Watch this right here. Everything God does, it'll have this, it'll have this right here with it. It'll be for our good and his glory. Yeah. Everything he does. Amen. Amen. Watch this. Yes. The paths of righteousness, that's for our good. For his name's sake, that's for his glory. Right. Now, I asked Logan, I said, well, so they don't brand them. And he said, no, and I'm going to tell you what he said here in just a minute. But I said, well, then they're known by association. Let me put it to you this way. A shepherd is known by sheep. When a, when a stranger looks at the sheep, he sees a reflection of the shepherd. And you know what that means? This ought to make everybody in here throw your Bible right straight up and run around and shout. 
It means that the shepherd has a vested interest in his sheep. Because it's for his name's sake. It's for his name's sake. He has a vested interest in keeping sheep in good shape. You say, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm facing something and it's just about got me down. Let me tell you something. The shepherd cares. And he's got a vested interest in you turning out well. Now watch this. There's the privilege of that name. He said, for my name's sake. In other words, he said, the sheep that follow me on the paths of righteousness, they're my namesake. Have you ever thought about what a privilege it is to be connected with the name of the good shepherd, the great shepherd, and the chief shepherd? Have you ever thought about what an honor that is? Have you ever thought about what a responsibility that is? And I mean, when I do something, Brother Allen, that's wrong or bad, it's a reflection on the shepherd. And so I ought to want to be in the paths of righteousness all I can because I want to reflect properly upon his name. And so there is the, uh, there's the privilege of that name. But then there's the protection of this name. Watch this. I asked Logan, I said, well, what do you do then? He said, we take a tag and we tag their ears. And he said, on that tag is written the, 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 uh, the name of the farm and the name of the shepherd and the state that sheep's come from. <laughs> he said, that's what's on the tag. And he said, in other words, if that sheep ever becomes stray or begins to stray away, goes into another pasture, it don't stop belonging <laughs> to the man that put the tag in the ear. And it assures, it assures the safe passage back of that sheep. Well, I'm glad, thank God, all them years ago at the Law Branch Baptist Church, hey, I got tagged as his. I got sealed as his. Oh, boy. And I, hey, it's never changed. I've been his. Hey, there's been days of straight away, days of shouldn't have done one, but I still had the tag, still had the seal. Whoa, hallelujah. Hey, hey, and I always got back. So there's, there's protection. And hey, there's protection in that name. I'm not associated with just any shepherd. I'm associated with the King of Kings and Lord Lords. Now, I told you the first message, can't you just see a big old fat sheep down there at the, down there at the watering trough? And he's next to a little old spindly sheep. And he looks over at that sheep and he said, I don't know who your shepherd is, but the Lord is my shepherd. (laughs) That ought to make you feel like kicking it up. Hey, the Lord is my shepherd. I've done been marked. I've done been stamped. I'm no more my own. I'm bought with a price. Hey, I'm glad. Thank God for the protection involved in that name. Trey and Monica, they're going to go on a cruise for their honeymoon. And when they go on that cruise, they got to have a passport. And so they're working on a passport. And that's why they got that shot and all that stuff. What you'll do for love. But uh, they got to get a passport. I don't have one, but I've looked at them. 
And in the passport, it, uh, it says the President of the United States of America requests safe passage for this citizen. And behind that passport, supposedly, is all of the power and the military might of the United States of America. When that citizen of the United States shows that passport, he's saying behind me is the entirety of the power of the entire military and they're requesting my safe passage through your country. And boy, that's, that ought to carry a lot of power. Uh, less every day, but it ought to carry a lot of power. But let me say this. I'm a citizen of yon country. <laughs> I've been sealed by a man. Hey, hey. I'm, all, I'm an ambassador. Boy, I was about to shout the other day. I was listening, watching some of that stuff in the Ukraine, and they said they was pulling the ambassadors out. And I told Neil, I said, you know what's the last thing they do before they invade? They pull the ambassadors out. <laughs> well, hey, the Lord's coming. And right before he invades, he'll pull the ambassadors out. <laughs> hey, man, he's going to pull out the ambassadors. But we see, hey, there's a power, there's a power in that name. Watch this. There's a privilege in that name. There's protection in that name. And then there's power through that name. You know what? If that name one of these days, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. Stephen Hawkins, that guy that's in that wheelchair and makes fun of God, mocks God. One of these days, the great white throne judgment, Stephen Hawkins will bow before a holy God and confess with his mouth that he's king of kings and lord of lords. He'll bow in fear. He'll bow in fear. That's my shepherd. I said, that's my shepherd. And he's leading. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I'm going to close this right here. Let me give you this. I come up here this afternoon and I was going to study and it seemed like I just couldn't get my mind and my heart in it. And I got in here and I got to walking around and I was just, I was just agitated. Finally, I just sat down right here. I sat down right here in this chair and I just sat here. And it dawned on me. Sometimes it's good just to sit and listen because the shepherd might be calling. And you know what? I didn't hear no audible voice, but a still small one gave me some direction. He'll do the same thing for you tonight. I'm interested in following in the paths of righteousness. I'll tell you this much. If you walk the path of sin, you're not following the shepherd. He'll never lead you in the paths of sin. He'll always lead you in the paths of righteousness. Let's stand our feet. Father, thank you, Lord, for helping us to preach tonight. God, as much as I know how, I delivered what you laid on my heart for the message this evening. Lord, on a Wednesday night, would you speak to hearts? God, maybe some that the path has turned uphill. <laughs> oh my, they don't hardly know how they're going to walk it. They need a little help, maybe need to lay down and rest. They just need to cry out to you tonight. Others that are not walking the path but need to get in behind the shepherd. Lord, whatever needs might be on a Wednesday night, 
I pray that you'd touch and help. We'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I don't always give an altar call on Wednesday night, but I felt like I ought to tonight. You say, preacher, tonight I feel like a sheep that just don't hardly know the way right now. I can't figure out where the shepherd's leading. Can I say to you, don't give up on him in the midst of the path. Right around the corner may be the most luscious field you've ever seen. There might be a few of you that say, preacher, I just need to get in that altar and ask for some strength. I need a little strength to walk the last step of the path I'm on. Oh, it's turned uphill and there's rocks. Hard. And I need a little strength. I, I just, I'm going to need a little strength to walk the path. Hard right now. Maybe you say, preacher, I, I think I've lost my way. I, I'm not following the Lord like I should, and I want to. I want to hear his voice. I want to follow after him. I know his paths are the paths of righteousness. Whatever your need is, little sheep, dear flock, gather around here and talk to the shepherd. I'm telling you, there's help for your soul if you'll let him. Father, Lord God, we want to thank you for this opportunity. 